0: Welcome to the Slay Podcast with Leanne Gabriel. Listen in as she leads and empowers with stories of inspiring women making a difference in today's world. Good afternoon Slay family. So excited to introduce you to a fantastic woman who is taking a very powerful stand for animal rights. I'll wait till you hear what she's doing, her background, and what she has done to really change her life and devote it to protecting animals. It's such an amazing story. So with no further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Caroline Griffin. She is a co-founder of Show Your Soft Side. So Caroline, thank you, first of all, for being here. And if you could start us off today and tell us
1: more about your organization and what it does, that would be fantastic. Well, thank you so much for having me. So I am the co-founder of an anti cruelty animal campaign called Show Your Soft Side. And it started 10 years ago in Baltimore uh, when a dog was set on fire. Mm -hmm. And the case made national news when two 17-year-old boys were charged with the crime. And the evidence suggested that it was gang initiation. Um, And uh, I was chairing the mayor's uh, anti-animal abuse task force at the time uh, and when this Phoenix case went to trial a year later, it ended up in a hung jury. Um, and an advertising professional named Sandy Risette, who is now my partner, reached out to me and she said, I am devastated by you know, the lack of a conviction in this case. Uh, I wanna do something. I'm either gonna be a vigilante or I'm gonna do something about it. She said, I create ads. Um, would you be willing to partner with me? to try to create some kind of uh, public service campaign. Mm. Um, And we met at a Starbucks. Um, She's this incredibly creative, dynamic woman. Uh, And we put our heads together with a third woman who was working at a local radio station, television station that was the flagship for the Ravens and the Orioles at the time. And so we wanted to create some kind of a, a, an effective uh, campaign to try to stop these crimes from occurring in the first place. And and we were targeting these kids who uh, viewed animal cruelty almost as a, a rite of passage for pr- proving their manhood. It was always groups of boys that were showing off to each other. They were stoning animals. They were setting animals on fire. They were beating them to death. And so we came up with this idea of, um, using role models that kids would look up to and admire, because we knew that, and Sandy knew this from her advertising background, the messenger matters. So we put together a campaign with um, someone from the Brave and someone from the Orioles and a local MMA fighter. And our goal was just to create these posters for Baltimore city schools. Um, we had a little press conference at city hall and literally the images crossed the globe overnight. Um, the very next day, we were getting uh, emails and phone calls from media outlets across the country, even as far away as Brazil. So we knew we were on to something. And uh, 10 years later, we now have 250 celebrity ambassadors. We call them softies around the country uh, who, who are ambassadors for our message that compassion toward animals is a strength, not a weakness. So that was the how Show Your Soft Side was born. It's really amazing because um, as an animal
0: lover, you know, I've got a dog, I've got a cat, I've had pets my entire life. I can't even wrap my head around wanting to hurt an animal. But what's so sad is that what you were talking about, that it is kind of an initiation and the peer pressure to do it. So it's just phenomenal that these athletes have stepped in with you. Now with the organization, you're really on the educate and
1: change side, not the rescue side, right? So you're trying to make a cultural change. That's how we started. It was a cultural change. Um, We wanted to change the mindset of these kids. And from day one, we have always shipped our posters free of charge to teachers and humane educators around the country, even around the world. Uh, We created some lesson plans with um, some uh, experts at the University of Denver. But really during COVID, you know, we, everything came to a screeching halt. We could not travel around the country to recruit athletes. We could no longer go into schools. And so we, over time, have developed these different programs. We've developed a program to help abuse dogs in Maryland, another one to help uh, injured street cats. And there are about 86,000 abandoned cats living just on Baltimore streets alone. So we give money, medical, you know, we have medical programs to help local animals in our area. Um, and that really was one of the good things that came out of COVID, we're gonna continue those programs. Um, but the the heart of the nonprofit is this anti cruelty public service campaign. And we've um, you know, developed over time to reach out to the most vulnerable animals among us and, and to inspire people in other cities to do the same. So do you reach out to schools and organizations or do they find you how does that work Well again you know if anyone goes to our website um they can you know ask us for posters we will ship them you know free of charge we have lesson plans on our um on our website that they can download we have videos that they can download and we're not you know we're not a humane education um organization there are some people who do this professionally Full time, but but what we have found, you know, there's not a lot of humane education uh, in Baltimore, Uh, Mm -hmm. and it's you know most most states don't even have it, and so it's a foot in the door. It's you know you send these posters to teachers, and it's a catalyst. It gets the the discussion going, Um, and you know if if someone has a humane education program, it's a it's a great visual, but it's it's just a reminder to kids um you know we've sent our posters to uh grand bahama and, the, and and it was so cute because these kids didn't know who these athletes were that they saw this this football player from the ravens with his dog cheek to cheek and it's a universal message of compassion it doesn't matter if you know our softies if you really know about us um it's it really is a picture is worth a thousand words and so i think we have inspired people around the country around the world to have a different conversation about uh, the humane treatment of animals and why it's so critical. Your website is amazing. And I love that first
0: picture. I mean, first of all, his arm is about the size of my entire rib cage, right? Covered in tattoos. He's got this little kitten that he's holding on to. It's so fabulous. But it does really shift the way you look at it. I mean, it is different than if it was you
1: and I. It's a really great tactic. Exactly and that's John Rollo he's a, a retired MMA fighter and he brought the sport to Maryland uh you know he he um said one time i get stopped more for that that image of of me with my cat dooby than i do for anything i've done professionally so it really was a testament he was in Los Angeles and said oh you're the guy with the cat and he he was there professionally for his sport he was like yeah that is me so you know, the messenger does matter. People take notice because of, it's this juxtaposition of a very strong man. And we do have women now in the campaign in these very vulnerable positions with their with their animals. It really is, um, it, it, they're very tender, sincere posters and, and they have made an impact on people. They are really well done. And it's actually, they're real pets too, correct? They are. And so we always try to photograph professional athletes with their pets. But if they're traveling and they're away from uh, their own animal, we always partner with a rescue or a shelter because uh, sort of a subtext of our campaign is adopt, don't shop. And so by doing so, we um, you know bring awareness to a lot of smaller organizations that may not be as well known. So um, it's, it's always their own, ideally, or uh, a homeless animal, uh, that needs a home. So that they may end up adopting by the time they finished posing with the machine. It <laughs> has happened many times. We had, I <laughs> we had we had this young indie five hundred driver who was in Baltimore about eight years ago when we had the Baltimore five hundred and we had this eight this eight week old kitten and the and the sparks were flying immediately. You know, they're looking at each other and he, he went back to Indianapolis and he said I cannot live without this kitten. I have thought about her, you know, for the entire month I'm home. So Southwest Airlines heard about it, flew the kitten from Baltimore to yeah. Indianapolis where they, they've lived happily ever after. So there are a lot of stories of these professional athletes who have fallen in love with the, the kitten or the puppy that we've paired them with. And lots, of, lots of sweet adoption stories have come from the camp. Yeah, I,
0: I can't set foot in a shelter without coming home with something. So at some point, um, sometimes my husband just bans me from going to a shelter for a yeah. while. <laughs> it's more dangerous than uh,
1: sure. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of stories, would you mind maybe sharing a story or so on where your foundation and organization has made a difference? Maybe like a little success story of something that happened. That would be great to hear.
1: Yeah, you know, um, there are so many local stories from our medical fund. We had a cat recently that was shot in the face um and you know the whole jaw the teeth you know everything was was damaged. It's it's am- amazing to me that this cat actually survived and we have all these partner vets who uh work with us and this you know this was a cat that was the victim of you know felony animal cruelty um you know, that was homeless through no fault of her own. And, and it's those kinds of stories that uh, really make us get up the next day and and try to do something else. Um, and I also think soft side has had an, an impact on this whole issue of stopping animal cruelty. Um, you know, I was, I, I, I work a lot with animal cruelty prosecutors and law enforcement people. And I was in a meeting early on and and a prosecutor from Los Angeles said to me, you know in this meeting you know the best that we can do is to clean up the mess. You know we get called in when an animal is is tortured and we try our best to investigate these cases and hold abusers accountable. But we think that your campaign actually has the ability of preventing these crimes from occurring in place. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, we love these individual stories of rehabilitation. Um, but we are hoping that this campaign, uh, even though it, you know, there are some very charming, lighthearted um aspects to it that that ultimately we are making people think. And and our campaign was initially targeted to kids um, to try to make them think you know this John Rollo for example says i got paid a lot of money to fight in a cage but you know dog mm. fighting is atrocious you use your strength um to protect the vulnerable you don't use that you know that's our message only a punk would hurt a cat or a dog so you know we are hoping that we are preventing these crimes from occurring in the first place and and we're also we've also reached out to you know the adult community even though this was intended for kids We've galvanized business people. We've we you know made some changes in Annapolis and, and had our softies testify even on Capitol Hill. So, yeah. um, you know I we are hoping to move the needle in a in a very big way. Um, but it's those lo- you know those local stories of of rehabilitating animals that certainly uh, grab our heart all the time and keep oh, us secure.
0: Yeah. Now You did mention, and I'm going to smile as I say this, you did mention prosecutors and going to Annapolis and making some changes, which lets the, pardon my bad pun, cat out of the bag, that one of the things you and I have in common, right. so bad, oh my gosh, that was so bad, is that we're both escaped lawyers. So uh, retired lawyers, escapee lawyers, recovering lawyers. Right. Recovered lawyers, right. <laughs> <laughs> but how in the world did you go from being a divorce lawyer to this? I mean, you told a little bit about how it started, right. but what was that transition like for you? Um, Now you're out of this, you know, high powered, high income position and you're really serving and making a difference. You know, what are some of the rewards? So if you don't mind, just share a
1: little bit about your personal transition, because that's a big one. Sure. So, yeah, I was... Um, practicing law. I had my own law firm and, um, and, and was doing quite well, um, was having some health issues, uh, about 11, 12 years ago and decided to take a little time off to try to keep my stress level down. Um, and, and I was home for two weeks and I thought, what the heck am I going to do? I don't, you know, play tennis. I don't do lunch. I was always this hardworking person. Uh, and then this dog Phoenix got set on fire. Um, And the mayor uh, at the time called me and asked if I wanted to chair this uh, uh, animal cruelty task force in Baltimore city. And I jumped on it. Um, I mean, I was scared to death. I had been on the board of a humane society but I'd never worked in the animal cruelty field. Uh, And it was really only supposed to be for a year. Um, and when that year ended, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And and fortunately, you know, I am fine. I completely recovered from that. And um, it, you know, we had been so successful in making changes that the um, task force converted into a permanent Animal Abuse Commission, and we were the first uh, commission of its kind in the country. And at the same time, you know, Sandy and I and Lori, uh, our third partner at the time words, developing this nonprofit. And I, you know, I thought to myself, I could continue representing people at a very stressful time in their lives. But for the most part, I was dividing people's assets, you know, their pensions, their, you know, their bank accounts and the like. And I just felt we were on the cusp of making very meaningful change. Um, And I thought, can I continue Mm -hmm. on this trajectory of, this purpose-driven life, and I would not have been able to do it if I were thirty years old. I would not have been able to do it if I had not been married. My, you know, my husband gave me his blessing, uh, and I never looked back. I mean, it is the best decision I think I've made personally and professionally. I haven't had a paycheck in all these years, um, but and 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 the workload, if anything, is actually more intense because when you care about something, uh, it it doesn't become work. It is a seven day a week job. It's the only thing that I've done that I don't, you know, everyone wants free time, but it is the one thing that is so fulfilling uh, to me. And so um, I'm just, I consider myself very lucky that when this opportunity presented itself, that I was able to seize upon it. And I can only do it because I'm middle-aged and married. uh, and, And, you know, this door opened when one had closed. So um it's it's been a great it's been a great ride the last ten years or so.
0: Well, first and foremost, I'm so grateful that you're healthy. that's amazing. So I'm glad that you're fully recovered and doing well. And it sounds like you are quite happy and fulfilled. And don't miss law for a minute.
1: And I'll confess, no no offense to any attorneys watching this, but I don't miss it either. <laughs> I, I certainly don't miss that timesheet with six minute increments. Because yes. But your life is, you know, yes.
0: Goodbye. So absolutely. But it's, it's awesome. And look, I love the law. It is incredible, but sometimes it is true. You find something you're so passionate about and you just run with it. So now you are in this great position and you're doing all this work. And I know I'm very inspired by hearing what you have to say, and I'm sure some of the other viewers will be as well. So I'd love for them to see your website. These pictures are amazing. And if they want to support, they can donate and do things through your website too, correct?
1: Right. So, uh, you know, we continue to be an all volunteer uh, uh, nonprofit. We now have uh, eight board members. They're all women. They all, you know, we've been allowed to grow because of the skills of Of each of these new board members. So when people donate to us, we don't have the the overhead that some of the bigger organizations would have really, you know, our money goes directly into our, our programs. And so um, that is, you know, the the best way people can support. Um, We, you know, have a very active following on social media. And so, you know, we love when people share our, our, our softies, you know, we, we just photographed two Ravens, on Saturday was the first photo shoot we had in, in 16 months. So um, we, you know, we, our goal is to get this campaign in every corner of the United States and in every classroom. So um, people can certainly help by, you know, by sharing our posts, by doing that as well. So they can share the website and did you, you didn't give out the website name. I think you can you give that out as well. Yes, it's uh, www.showyoursoftside.org. And we are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as well. Fantastic. Yeah. And when people go to our our website, you know, if they want posters or, you know, any of our materials, we're we're happy to send them uh, to, you know, especially teachers and humane educators around the country. It's really incredible that you provide all that for free. So I'm sure if
0: somebody can even donate this much, every little this much probably helps quite a bit. Absolutely. Now, one more question for you, if you don't mind. So there will be people who are not in this area. Um, We actually have people in other countries who watch this as well. If somebody wants to get involved in their community, what are the things that they can do? Can they look for organizations? Are there things they can do if they don't have maybe money that they can
1: part with at the moment, but they have time? Can you make any suggestions for people? That would be great. So um, every city, every town has you know, their, their animal shelter. And there are so many wonderful rescue organizations that pull these animals out of the shelters to try to, you know, the ones that need more help with rehabilitation. And what's, what's so wonderful, people want to work at the shelter. There always is a need to walk dogs, to socialize cats, um, to help with office work. Uh, And some people find that, you know, a little too emotionally challenging to see animals, um, you know, in a shelter setting. I just think there's, you know, the, the more you can help animals in a shelter, oftentimes they're very scared, they're very shut down. That actually is an enormous help to get them uh out of the shelter. Um, but you know, the other thing, you know, mm-hmm. every shelter and rescue organization has a wish list. And I'm always amazed at how uh meaningful it is to just contribute something on that wish list. You know, people you know, these shelters and rescue organizations say, we always need bleach. We always need paper towels. We always need printer paper. But even if you can't go to Costco and pick up an extra roll of of paper towels, one thing that shelters and rescue organizations constantly need are used towels. I mean, every day you go to an animal shelter and a cat will be on a clean towel and every day that towel gets washed, and so that just the tremendous need of having just clean, laundered towels. So every time people are throwing away towels and blankets, you know that's the kind of thing that that shelters can use. Um, and and you know, I love when when children have these lemonade stands. I mean, if you if a child raises fifty dollars, that goes in an enormous way in helping. A, a local rescue, I mean the smallest rescue in our community spend easily spends ten thousand dollars a month on veterinary care that is it is just an, an astonishing amount of money to rehabilitate animals that uh are sick, injured, or abused so um really it, anyone from a child to an adult and every you know economic station in life, you could always do something you know either by donating. Money, donating your time, or finding some need that, that, you know, from their wish list that, you know, any shelter or rescue would be so deeply grateful to have. That's really amazing. Even a used towel or a used blanket is great for them. Exactly. You know, one person's trash is another person's treasure. Treasure. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: You know, it's funny because um, I never realized it cost that much. Uh, we adopted our last cat from what they call a no-kill shelter, which is a place where they will just keep the animal if they need to for the entire life's animal, they won't put them down. And I can't imagine if that's what you're saying, an average shelter is carrying as overhead, what a place
1: like that must carry as well. Really is, I mean, it is, you know, they have labor costs to just feed and clean those cages every day. It is, you know, it is a lot of money. Uh, and every every animal organization, you know, all took a hit during COVID. All our events were canceled. And so particularly now, um, you know, any kind of support that you can, that people can give to their local rescue or shelter uh, is just so impactful. Well, we will absolutely post
0: your website. Please everyone go look at the pictures and everything. It's an incredible campaign. It will definitely put a smile on your face. And you know, if you've got a buck or two and you can give a little support to it, great. Or Like she said, we can volunteer and we can donate things that are in our house that we don't need anymore. So that's all fantastic ideas. And I congratulate you on the impact you're having. And I honor you for making such a big transition. And I won't make any lawyer jokes because there's nothing but good stuff that you're doing right here. (laughs) But really from the bottom of my heart, thank you. As someone who loves animals, you know it's gotta be very tough for you to see some of the things that you see, I can't imagine. And to keep a great smile on your face through all that and continue to forge forward says a lot about who you are. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And for all of you who are watching this on Facebook, I would love to just remind you that we now have a YouTube channel. So uh, after these interviews within about 48 to 72 hours, the interviews will go up on YouTube. So you can invite people into this Facebook group so they can hear all about Caroline and what she's doing. And you'll also be able to share the link with other animal lovers on our YouTube page, which is just Slay with Leanne Gabriel, same name as here. So thank you all for your time. I thank you again, Caroline, you're the best. And we will see you all next Tuesday. Have a fantastic week. Thank you for listening to the Slay Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to join our exclusive Facebook group, you can reach out to Leanne and her staff at Slay with LG at gmail.com. That's S L A E with LG at gmail.com.